my name is Pastor Bill. If you haven't met me yet, I would love to meet you. And uh, I have a very unique challenge tonight. And here's my challenge. I have to tell a story that either you've never heard or you've always heard. Now, think about that. Now, some people I hear, I, I don't know that this is true, but I hear that some people only come to church once a year and it's Christmas. Now, that's not you, I know, but some do. And so this story might be new to some. And it's a story of a baby being born in a manger, and we call him Lord of Lords and Kings of Kings, and he's, he'll reign forever. And it's kind of hard to understand. So, so for those of you who this story that might be new to, here's my challenge. If I just tell you that piece of the story and I don't tell you the rest, it's not going to make much sense. So tonight, special deal for you. I'm going to tell you the entire gospel story in 900 seconds. <laughs> you were worried, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you can do the math, 900 seconds, start your clock, we'll get the whole story told. Now, that's my challenge for the people that haven't heard. Now, here's another challenge. Some of you have heard this every year, ad nauseum, and, and more. And it's easy for us to hear the story and kind of tune out one more time. But tonight, I want to take this story with, with another twist. And I want to put myself into the story and ask some of the questions that I might have asked. And, and maybe you would ask, too, if you, if you stop to think about it. And so the story, as you heard the reading, thank you, uh, Ryan and Quinn, that was so awesome. Uh, they were expert readers. Uh, we're going to have to get more of them up here. If you need an agent, that might have been a voice of God thing. If you need an agent, I'm, I'm ready. You know, just, just give me a call. All right. So as we, as we open up that story, you see this idyllic scene where the shepherds are in the fields and the, the heavenly choir appears, glory to God in the highest, and they're told to go see this baby, and you get this wonderful picture and this is what we think of in Christmas. We think of this peaceful, serene, warm feeling, don't we? I mean, look at this picture. There's Mary and the baby, and Joseph is hanging out on the cow, because that's what you do when you're in a manger, I guess. I don't know. And then you've got these three guys, these three shepherds over here. I love the posture, the one on the end. He's like, oh, such a holy child. Look at that. And and then there's the old one up there on the staffs going, oh, this is going to make my life so much better. And then there's a the young dude going, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> this is what we think of when we think of Christmas. In reality, it was nothing like that. This is an artist's rendition. And why do I tell you that? Do I tell you that to burst your bubble because this is supposed to be a night of peace and, you, and I don't want to wreck that for you? No. Here's what I'm trying to say. In the real world, the one that we live in, Peace isn't this painting. Peace doesn't happen from outside. Peace happens from the inside out. So that no matter what's going on around you, you can experience the same peace. That's what the coming of this uh, Messiah tells us. That's what Emmanuel, God with us, offers us. So I'm going to start this story by saying I'm the, I'm the fourth shepherd in the picture. I, they, I got cut. I got cropped. But whereas, you know, the, the, the guy's like, oh, this is so nice. Oh, it's going to be nice in my old age. Dude, this is awesome. I'm over here going, what? And that's my, my thing. God, you've made a mistake. Do you understand what this was supposed to be, the Messiah coming? Do you understand what that meant to our people? Uh, we have been in slavery. We have been exiled. We have lost our temple. We built it again. We're going to lose it again. We need something more than a baby. If you're going to save this nation, you better send a warrior. You better send a warrior king. That's what we need. What's with the baby? Or, okay, maybe it's not a warrior king. I get it. Maybe it's a politician that's well-connected. 
and they can make lots of rules and make lots of connections so our lives will all be better and we'll be pulled out from underneath this, this fist of the Roman reign and we'll be established again. Okay, maybe it's not a politician. Maybe it's an economist that can make the economy good. You can put uh, two camels in every garage. Uh, we can get a, a, I don't know what birds they eat in the desert, one of those in, in your soup pot. Yeah, and we will have no more need, no more want. Maybe that's it. And, and that would be the question I would ask God. Why the baby? Why not these things? If you're going to make a difference in my life, it better be powerful. And I can imagine God's answer. I'm going to use the kind version because he can speak with thunder. But he would probably say, no, Bill, we tried the warrior king thing. You remember David? Yeah, David uh, did some amazing things. He set up this wonderful kingdom, but that didn't last. And by the way, when you wage war, there's winners and losers. There's the inside and there's the outside. I want to draw a circle so big that there is no outside. I want to draw the circle and call everybody back to me. So, no, warrior. Okay, God, but what about the politician? What about the well-connected person that can make rules that we can follow? Uh, Bill, <laughs> we tried that. Have you heard the guy called Moses and the Ten Commandments? Yeah, we wrote all that down. How'd that go? Yeah, not well. See, the problem isn't in the law, and the problem isn't that we can't make a perfect law. The problem is that y'all can't follow it, and so we need something better than that. Okay, God, you know what they say. Money makes the world go round. Give us a good economist that he can put everything right, and we won't have any want or any need. Uh, actually, that's, that's not true. Because what my word will tell you is that the love of money is the what? The root of all evil. Because there's this thing called greed inherent in our personality. And when it takes over, bad things happen. I mean really bad things happen. And so no, there will be no economist. Not at all. And so well, God, then how is this baby supposed to work? What? I must be missing something. And God would say, okay, Bill, let me tell you what the mission is. My mission is so big that I'm going to save the entire world. That's what this baby is about. See, it all started back when I created this perfect paradise, and we were all together, and we walked, and we talked every day, and we were close. And then came the great separation, the sin that drove out from the Garden of Eden. You remember that one, right? Yeah, yeah, I read about that, God. I read about that. Well, it's still going on, and it hasn't changed. In fact, left to itself, it won't get any better. And so my plan is I'm going to make a way to get back to where I intended it to be in the first place. I'm going to make a way to get all those people who are separated from me to come back to be with me. That's what I want. That's my Christmas wish. Okay, God, I, uh, I, I guess I'm still not following it. I don't see how the baby's going to do this. He says, well, Bill, you have to understand a couple things. First of all, my goal is to save the entire world. That's a big task. Second of all, I'm a God of love. I don't want to leave anybody behind. But I'm also a God of justice, and I cannot separate one without the other. And when people fall away from me, when they do a thing called sin, there's a penalty to be paid, and a God of justice demands the penalty to be paid. Okay, God, so you're a God of justice. You're going to exact consequences for this thing called sin. I still don't get the baby. Here's the thing, Bill. I love you so much because I'm a God of love, but I have to be a God of justice. I have to exact the penalty, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my son. 
My son is going to live in this world. He's going to live a life like it should be led so that you can see how to live. And then he's going to die in your place. What? He's going to, what? You just said he was going to live a perfect life. Who would be angry at this? What law would he violate that he would be put to death? Why would he be shamed, scorned, mocked, betrayed, and all the things that I read about in the scripture? Why? Because I'm a God of love and a God of justice. The penalty has to be paid. So the one who will pay it is the one who doesn't owe it, and he will pay the penalty that you can't possibly pay because I love you. Does that floor anybody else? It floors me every year. I mean, I hear this story time and time again. You've probably heard it more than I have. But this is the point where it always catches me. What kind of love does that? What kind of person sacrifices like that for me? Well, this one. This one, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, the Messiah. That's the one. And that's what he offers us. It's an amazing thing to behold. And so I, I, I go back to God and I go, okay, I think, I think I'm getting it. But I'm, I'm not sure I'm down with this, you being a God of love and throwing a baby into this world and, and going to sacrifice. That's all the kid's for. No, no, it's not just the sacrifice. It's the way that he lives. It's the people that he teaches and he engages. It's the life that he lives, the death that he dies, and the life that he lives again. That's what makes the difference here. Okay, well, then, uh, I, guess, I guess this is a good thing. But I don't agree. I don't like the idea of you sacrificing a son. I don't think that's a God of love. I don't think you are who you say you are. And so I'm out of here. And God says, hey, that's your choice. You can do that if you wish. But just one more thing I'd like to say to you, Bill. It's not me that's made the mistake here. It's you. It's me. Oh, so this is all about me? So you have to sacrifice your son just because of me? Well, yes and no. Yes, he is a personal Lord and Savior. Yes, he paid the price for your sin. But not just you for the entire world, because I am a God of love and justice. Hmm. Okay, God, I, I think I'm getting this, but if, if love plus justice equals restoration and everything is like it should be, then why is there so much suffering in the world? Well, Bill, there's this thing called choice, and this is what I give people because I am a God of love. Well, God, if you're all-powerful and you can do all things, why would you give us a choice whether to love you or not? This makes no sense to me. Why don't you just make us love you, and then everything would be fine? Well, Bill, because that's not love. Love that is forced is not love. Love that's a choice. Now, that's love that will last. And I am a God of love that lasts. So they can choose to do things, and they can choose to do a lot of really bad things. And some of the things that they choose is, one, they think that they know better. And so pride enters the picture. Pride is the enemy of God because it exalts itself above God. And what's the counter to that? Well, this baby, he's going to grow up to be a man. And he's going to say things like, the least in the kingdom of heaven will be the greatest. The last shall be the first. And he's going to demonstrate that as he takes on the form of a servant and is obedient to death, even death to a cross. He will show you what pride is not. Okay, well, um, what's some of the other problems that we have, God? 
Well, greed, that thing that we talked about where people don't think they have enough and they want more and then they want more and then they want more. Yeah, this baby, he's going to grow up and he's going to say things like, give us this day our daily bread, not give me this day, this day that I need for all of eternity to never be hungry again. It's about having enough. He's going to demonstrate that. He's going to teach that. He's going to encourage that to move on. Okay, God, I, I think I'm getting it. Uh, I see the baby who's going to grow into the man. He's going to teach all these great things. He's going to pay this price. And, and I, I think I'm starting to see this picture. But it, if that is all true, why is the world so broken? Well, Bill, it takes time to save the world. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people that I haven't reached yet. And uh, also, I have, I'm having a, a supply chain issue. Uh, the, my supply chain issue is actually in my employees. They're a little slow. See, the, the employees are, are the people that are supposed to help me with this message and this mission on earth. I said, well, oh, who's that, God? He says, well, it's you, Bill. You are one of my followers. You're supposed to be part of this, to spread this good news, to let people know who I am, to change your life to change the lives of the people around you, to change the community around you. That's why, partly, it's out of order. And there are some people who, because of choice, will just choose to say no. I'm not going to force anybody on this. But I, I guarantee you that if you agree, it's going to be a life of eternity in paradise with me. And it all starts with this little baby in a manger. Okay, God, I, I don't have the same timeline you do. I recognize that. I would do it differently. But if you say this is the way to go, then this is the way to go. But why love, of all things, why would you pick love? Well, the, my word will tell you that there are faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Love wins. Love lasts. Love is eternal. Love is a bond that cannot be broken. In fact, I will tell you this. There is no place that you can go, Bill, that you can be beyond my love, neither life nor death, no angels nor demons. Nothing can separate you from my love. That's why I pick love. And love is hard, is it not? You know this, if you've ever loved. You know exactly what that's about. Imagine loving that way for the entire world. I've never given one of my children as a sacrifice for your sin. I've never had to, because it only took one. That's the best news of all. That's all starts with this little baby in a manger. No mistake. So when I hear things and I read this story and I think, well, how simple must it have been to be a shepherd and just go, oh, wow, this is awesome. Look, glory to God in the highest. Look at what they're singing. Oh, and hey, guys, you know what? After we're done with this, let's go tell everybody what we saw. What are you going to tell them? You're a bunch of shepherds. They already think you don't know anything. What are you going to tell them? You're going to run in and go, hey, we saw the Messiah. Great, dude. Was he a warrior king? Was he a politician? Was he an economist? No, he's a little baby. Oh, well, was he rich and famous? Where was he born? Uh, actually, he's in a manger in a trough and wrapped in gold. I said no one ever. Uh, like you would, <laughs> these guys are off their rocker. But that's what they did. They were so excited because somewhere in that simple shepherd brain, there was a connection to a greater shepherd heart that said, this is something that's special, and we need to tell people about it. 
Lord, through my prayer tonight is that that same connection would be made to our hearts. I'm not calling you simple. What I'm saying is that this thing that has happened, this child that has arrived, that grows into the man, that gives his life for us and rises again, is a message that needs to be spread. Did you hear what the angel said to the shepherds? Go and, or the shepherds said to each other, rather, said, let's go and see. And then they said, let's go and let everybody know what we've seen. In Christianese, that's called witness. You are a witness to something. So word serve and guess. My hope and prayer for 2023 is that we will be witnesses with even more power because we know the rest of the story. We're not a shepherd with a small glimpse. We're people that have the entirety of God's plan in our hands. I hope it gets to our hearts. And then I hope we are witnesses. Well, Bill, I haven't seen anything. I wasn't there. I wasn't part of that scene. Yes, you have. Have you read this? You've seen it. Have you seen anybody that has an, an ounce of Holy Spirit in them living for Christ? Then you've seen it. If you have prayed the prayer that I'm going to lay down my pride, my ego, my thoughts, I'm going to follow you completely, then you have felt it. My prayer is that you would just go and live it. Because I can talk about it all day long, we can read about it all day long, but when you show someone this, it's powerful. Maybe that's why God decided to send his son, to show us the way to go, to teach us. Maybe that's why God then sends the Holy Spirit to remind us of everything that Jesus taught us, to bring it to light at the appropriate time so that the whole world will see this light, this Savior, this Messiah. And after all of that, I can imagine me saying, okay, God, <laughs> I guess I have no more arguments. I've got nothing left to say. Is really? You have nothing to say after all that? I, I kind of hoped you would talk about Jesus. Okay, God, to quote someone that I heard recently, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to whom all he favors. So let's go and see what has happened here in the lives of our community, in the lives of us, in the lives of our family. And then let's go and tell the whole community about this, because this is too good to pass up. There's no mistake made here other than the mistake that I've made, and the best news of all is that mistake is wiped clean, and it all starts with a little baby. Will you let this baby into your heart? Will you let this baby come out of your heart through your voice, through your actions? Will you be a witness, Lord, sir, to the world? of the Messiah that has come, born unto us this day in the city of David. Will you? Will you pray with me, please? God, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. I can't imagine what it must have been like to leave heaven and descend down into the chaos of a manger and a trough. I can't imagine the, the difficulty of growing up in the backwater, not being known, not having a famous name, being ridiculed, being mocked, being scorned, all the other things that you went through. But God, I'm so grateful because now we have a high priest who understands everything that we go through, every challenge, every trial, every time we feel alone, every time we feel betrayed, every time we feel mocked for what we believe or what we say. We know that we have someone who has been there already and understands completely 
and yet chose to remain faithful, to watch nothing but his father, to say nothing but what his father told him to say, and to stay true to that mission, that mission that erases my mistakes, that takes on my debt, and that pays for my sin, the penalty that I could never afford to pay, paid by the only one who didn't owe it. God, we thank you for this gift, and I pray that you would remind us in this Christmas season that it is for all and for all time, and all we have to do is believe. God, help our unbelief. Help us to believe. And it all starts with a baby. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.